I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Man, I hope no one is recording this podcast or else you might have evidence of the red wave. It's high noon for Monday, January 4th, 2021. Ooh la la, it's a new year. And it's the week we've all been waiting for. God, it's going to be gorgeous. One way or another. Follow the podcast on Parlor and Rumble at I'm Your Moderator. And join the info stream on the Telegram Messenger app by downloading the app and then going to t.me slash I'm Your Moderator. You can join the discussion thread. t.me slash Be Reasonable Discussion. That's it. So, the big news was that the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, someone in his office or affiliated with him, leaked a recorded phone call with the president and his team to the Washington Post. And initially, the Washington Post reported on the phone call talking about how the president was trying to fraudulently find 11,780 votes so that he could win Georgia by one. That he was calling the Secretary of State demanding that he find votes. So following the report, they released a highly edited and cut clip of the phone call purporting to show that the president was doing something untoward. And then there were calls for the full phone call, so they released the full phone call, minus the part where they talked about how this was a legal settlement negotiation and thus confidential. So... What they did by recording and releasing the phone call is obviously illegal. And there's some reporting that it was actually Jordan Fucks or Fuchs. I guess they probably say it Fuchs, even though it's probably Fucks. I mean, can we just be honest about that? Like your last name isn't Coke or Koch. It's Cock. And your last name's not Fuchs. It's Fucks. I mean, guys go around calling themselves Dick, even though their name is Richard. Can't we just be mature about this? Somewhere out there, there's probably a guy calling himself Richard Fuchs. But you know his name is Dick Fucks. This, by the way, is not even a joke, and I may have said it on the podcast before. But when I was a child, a friend of mine was taking acting classes. And his acting teacher's name was Richard Creamer. And that guy went as as Dick. 
Dick Creamer. So, you know, we can be mature about this stuff. But anyway, they released the phone call. And this is one of those times where the media is playing their normal game of setting a false narrative, then giving only enough information to back up their false narrative at the beginning. And then when people get the rest of the information, no one bothers looking. So beyond anything, I encourage you guys not to have any conversation about that phone call with, you know, commies, Obamis, Romneys, Maskies, commie mommies. And I know that they're posting it. They're probably posting that Donald Trump is trying a coup again. Don't talk to them until they have listened to the whole phone call. And if they won't take the hour and listen to the whole phone call, then they shouldn't be talking about it. Because that phone call shows really, really clearly that Donald Trump is not trying to have anyone do anything illegal or unethical. He says over and over and over and over and over, all I'm after is the truth. Why can't you guys answer these questions? Why can't you supply the data? Why can't you tell the people the truth? That's what he was saying. Needing 11,780 votes is specifically Donald Trump trying to say, hey, I'm not trying to ruin anybody's life. I'm not trying to upset the whole apple cart. Say it was a mistake. Say whatever you want, but make the situation right. My goal here is not to punish anyone or to shame anyone or to call anyone out. I simply want the truth. And we both on both sides of this phone call know the truth. And you guys need to provide it. Because that's your ethical and legal and moral duty to do so. And the president was 100% right there. There is no listening of that phone call that can yield a result for any reasonable person that Donald Trump was trying to do something illegal, immoral, or unethical. Period. He even said, we don't even want to get into the Dominion stuff. Because they know they have that too, by the way. They're trying to do this in the most careful way so that more extreme actions are not required. And that has always been the goal. And I've said multiple times in the podcast, that's my goal too. I believe sincerely that the way we prevent the country from absolutely erupting is by making the commie side understand that they have been lied to by the media. And they have been lied to by the media. They're being lied to by the media constantly. Constantly. One of their responses 
was that the president's team simply has the wrong data. They're going off the wrong data. Of course, the data is the data that the Secretary of State's office provided. But apparently, the Secretary of State's office claims that they have different data showing why the Trump team data is wrong, but that they can't share it because there are legal challenges. That sounds like total bullshit. That's a delay tactic. They are hoping this goes away. And Trump said to them multiple times, guys, this is not going to go away. Like Trump was literally giving them opportunities to be honest and not absolutely hang themselves. And which did they choose to hang themselves? And the most pathetic part of it was that Brad Raffensperger himself was often not the one addressing these questions. It was his attorney, Ryan Germany. That's the same guy who went and spoke before the Senate committee rather than Brad Raffensperger. Brad Raffensperger just basically gets on the calls, makes a few remarks, and then sits in silence while his lawyer says things so that he doesn't have to say them. Why? Well, he's protecting his personal liability for saying those things, which are outright lies. Now, he just had, first of all, this was advertised as a Brad Raffensperger, Secretary of State of Georgia, press conference that was happening at noon today, 3 p.m. Georgia time. That's why high noon is late, because I wanted to watch that first so that I could get out the whole story with that in context. Instead of Brad Raffensperger showing up, he sent his pathetic little minion, Gabriel Sterling, who, if you've ever seen him talk, you can know immediately is just the snakiest, slitheriest snake you might ever see. And of course, he just said over and over again that nothing was wrong and that they're the only ones who understand the system. And if other people understood the system, then they could also see that nothing was wrong at all. You know, he attempted to explain the Ruby Freeman videotape but never answered any of the most important questions like, isn't that still illegal if you don't have poll watchers? Who cares though, right? He was really only addressing it to give people a plausible story of what happened that somehow defies what they can see with their own eyes. All you have to do is supply commies the narrative and they will repeat it. Because all of them believe they have too much personally at stake image-wise to believe otherwise. And maybe they're right. Because that's the culture we've built. That speaking against the central narrative can get you in lots of, lots of trouble. I got kicked off Instagram and Twitter. That's not the same as getting thrown in jail. But it's not nice to be on the receiving end of, at least until Facebook's class action lawsuit happens. And then I'll be like, hey, remember me? But let's talk about how this was handled by the media 
and how it was handled by the Secretary of State's office and how it was handled by the president, because this is where the rooted knowledge comes in. Now, if Washington Post thought that what they had was this really damning phone call, then why did they try so hard to first report a narrative that anyone listening to the entire phone call would not come away with, okay? If you listen to the hour-long phone call, there is no way in hell you could possibly think that Donald Trump was encouraging anything immoral, illegal, unethical. Okay? So rather than posting the whole phone call, because that doesn't suit the narrative, they took out little clips and printed them They took out a longer clip and posted it. And then they eventually posted the full call, which was not quite the full call. If reality and truth were on their side, if the phone call showed what they want it to show, they would have released the whole phone call right away. Why didn't they do that? Well, In the rest of the phone call, Donald Trump is being extremely nice to the people on the other side of the phone. But he's also laying out all the factual claims about why Georgia's election was such a disaster. And it was a disaster. We can stop pretending. Stacey Abrams is pulling off another disaster as we speak. This stuff isn't in doubt. But if the phone call helped their narrative, they would have just put the whole thing out right away. That's all that would have mattered, right? Let the people listen and they'll see how bad this is for Donald Trump. They hyped it as this leaked phone call that's damning the president. They didn't say leaked recording of phone call shows president making claims about election irregularities. That would be a proper headline. Donald Trump at one point said to Brad Raffensperger and of course Ryan Germany because he's going to be the only one speaking like, hey, do you know what the uh, the tally was on those ballots from State Farm Arena that Ruby Freeman ran through the machine? And there's a long pause. And he's like, well, they were all 100% for Biden. Do you you guys know that? Are you aware of that? Another long pause. And then Ryan Germany basically says, you know, we're going to have to uh, get that information. I'm not exactly sure what the numbers were. And then Trump reiterates. Yeah, they were 100% for Biden. There was no answer in that phone call to that question. Now, You're the secretary of state and the secretary of state's attorney. On video, you can see a lawless election with your own eyes. That's a big story. Can you imagine the secretary of state and his lawyer not knowing that piece of information? Even if they're like, 
I actually do know it. And it was 95% Joe Biden and 5% Trump. It's weird, but hey, you know, we've confirmed this as many times as we can. And that's what it is. They didn't say that. They claimed not to know. That's totally, totally unbelievable. That question deserves to be answered. How can you sit there on a phone call with the president of the United States and pretend not to know the answer to that question? But those are the kind of people we're dealing with. Isn't that incredible? Now, the Washington Post did another interesting thing. They bleeped out Ruby Freeman's name like 18 times, but left it in once. It was in there. The first time the president says Ruby Freeman, it's in the phone call. And then they bleep it out the rest of the time. Well, Washington Post, you fucked up. That's ridiculous. You're making a signal that you are trying to protect this person, but you failed. So either they're totally incompetent, which, by the way, absolutely possible. The media organizations are nothing but state media. They're just going through the motions at this point. So it's totally possible that they are so incompetent that they left her name in once. It's also possible that they actually did want people to know about her. Because maybe they have a takedown campaign for Ruby Freeman next up. And they can blame it on one rogue actor. And then surrender Georgia and be like, yeah, that's what she did. It's it's true. President Trump won, but, but only by a few votes. And there was nothing else wrong. If they have to. But there's no doubt he was talking about Ruby Freeman and they didn't fix that. So not only did they not protect her, they made the phone call really annoying to listen to. I'm kidding. And then today, rather than Ravensburger coming out and speaking for himself, which he apparently is unable to do. I mean, the guy is basically in Joe Biden's basement at this point, and he's letting his attorney and Gabriel Sterling speak for him. That's pathetic. I don't know how we have. Well, I do know how, but it's a sad state of affairs that we have allowed so many people without the slightest notion of what leadership is to hold positions of power in our country. And I'm looking at Republicans here too, by the way. Brad Raffensperger is in name only a Republican. So is Gabriel Sterling. So is Brian Kemp. So are a lot of these people. All the senators and congressmen who are not committing to objecting to the electors on Wednesday should be considered part of the problem. You know, Tom Cotton came out and made a statement that if we go down that road, then Democrats will challenge the validity of the election next time. And leaving aside the fact that they've already done that after the 2000 election and the 2005 election, where they really did object in Congress to the results of the election. And despite the fact that from 2016 on, 
they have claimed that Donald Trump is an illegitimate president and that Russia got him elected and that he colluded with Russia. So they already have done the thing that Tom Cotton is worried about them doing. But even if they hadn't, and even if Tom Cotton was right to that, I would say, great, fine, object to every election forever. Make sure that the information being passed along and being certified that gives us our next president is true. Object every time for as long as it takes. I don't care. I want the right answer. Just like I said on the morning of November 4th. If we lost, we lost. If we lost through fraud, this is the greatest crime in the history of America. And it happens to be the second. This is the greatest crime in the history of America. I don't care how long it takes to get resolved. And I don't care if they go after us for it in the future. Hold fair and free elections and don't rig the laws and the rules to make the elections less secure and less trustworthy. And we don't have a problem. It's not hard to do. They just don't want to do it. In fact, what they want to do is to set up the easiest possible means of cheating, which is what they have done. If states can change all the rules, if they can handle one party's votes differently than another, if they can bring votes in after the deadline, obviously fake ballots, which they've now proven. If they can do all that, then they don't have to do anything. They don't have to serve the people. They don't even really have to hold elections. They'll just put it on our phone. We'll pretend to vote through an app, and then they'll just give us whoever they want. And those people will be completely unaccountable to their own constituents. And that's what we have now on the Democrat side. There's a reason why they lose everywhere except for where they cheat. Fraud is the reason. And they're helped by a totally complicit media. And one thing that's going to be really important this week is when whatever commies you have left in your life start yapping and complaining just ask them, like, hey, do you at least understand that the media has been lying to you? And do you understand that they're not just lying about this? That's the real question. Because their entire viewpoint, most of them, is based only on what the media tells them what the media chooses to focus, focus on, to highlight. That's what they care about. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in the next two days, obviously. I know Trump is going to be presenting a lot of evidence tonight at the Georgia rally. I think it's 9 p.m. Eastern, so 
6 p.m. Pacific. If you're listening to this podcast and not watching that shit live, man, you got to get some spirit in you real fast because that shit's going to be fantastic. But if in these congressional hearings on Wednesday, evidence is presented in the way we all know it exists and can be presented, the rest of the country is going to see it, or at least a big enough percentage is going to see it, that there's not going to be any doubt anymore about the media. You know, maybe they still have their doubts about what happened in the election. Who knows? Who knows? I can't tell you what's going to happen on Wednesday. Like, I know at the end of this, Trump wins. I don't know what's going to happen on Wednesday. And the thing is, Trump, again, is only an avatar for the American people. So at the end of this, the American people win. That's the most important thing, although Trump deserves this. But if the rest of the country starts seeing a whole bunch of evidence that the media just didn't bother telling them about for two months, I believe, and we'll see, but I believe that's going to have a profound impact on people. Donald Trump is not stupid. They are going to present a case that is going to be overwhelming for anyone who chooses to watch. Now, a lot of commies aren't going to watch. They'll wait and see what Rachel Maddow talks about or what Don Lemon talks about. And they'll watch a few clips of very serious Democrats and Mitt Romney saying this is this is a threat to democracy and then they'll share those clips on social media and they'll think that they have a pretty good idea of how the hearings went well they'll be wrong and let's just touch on for a second this whole treason and sedition narrative that they're trying to pull off they're saying in no uncertain terms, that senators like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and the other, I think, 10 now Republican senators, hopefully there will be quite a few more by Wednesday. They're saying that they're committing treason and sedition by bringing challenges to the floor in the forum that provides time for those challenges. That's exactly where they're supposed to bring these challenges and they're being accused of treason and sedition for that. Okay. Well, let's just say that the commies are right. Let's say that it is treason and sedition to question the validity of electors certified under unlawful, lawless Corrupt terms or corrupt people, by the way, like the governor of Michigan, who's now facing impeachment, like the governor of California, who's now facing recall, like these attorney generals, Dana Nessel in Michigan, Josh Shapiro in Pennsylvania. No one should trust these people. They're obvious liars. They're criminals. So. If challenging. What is certified is treason and sedition. 
Well, thank you, commies, for admitting to your crimes. Finally, after four years of committing them, you are admitting to your crimes. For years, even after the president was in office, they declared that he was put there by fraud and by cheating and by foreign interference while knowing it wasn't true. That's the other part you have to remember is that these people who are talking on your televisions, the media people and the politicians, they know the same thing Trump knows. And that's why when Trump says to Ravensburger in Germany and whoever else is on the call, when he says, hey, we all know, we all know this, we all know this, he's right. They do all know that. They're covering that up. You think Jake Tapper really believes that there is no credible evidence of voter fraud? And by the way, they always say voter fraud and just a technicality, but voter fraud is not the particular issue. Election fraud is the issue. Holding a lawless election is the issue. Irregularities are the issue. And all of those things aside from instances of individual voters committing fraud, all of those things are enough for the vice president to reject those electors. That's just a fact. So when they say voter fraud, maybe that's their little escape hatch. Well, you know, we were talking about voter fraud. We hadn't, we hadn't seen any proof of voter fraud. Well, good, Jake, because not really anybody's saying that. But you haven't seen proof of election fraud? Really? Well, then you should take that up with the judge in Wisconsin who ruled that county election officials deeming people as indefinitely confined in Wisconsin so that they could receive mail-in ballots without identification was unlawful. So how about that, Jake? Could you at least address Wisconsin? Because we know that's true. Even the commies would have to agree. I mean, it's there and you trust all the judges, so you must trust that one, right? So what about that? That's well over 100,000 illegal votes, which would immediately give Trump the win in that state. How about that? Can we talk about that or no? No. Okay, so they keep saying that there's no credible evidence, no credible evidence. They know that's false. They know that's false. They are lying. And when politicians like Nancy Pelosi come out and talk about this issue, they know they're lying. Nancy Pelosi always knows she's lying because she's always lying. She tried to say that getting caught in the hair salon was a setup. She ruined that woman's life. And then what did she do this weekend? Well, they were voting for who would be the next Speaker of the House, which she barely won, even though her party has the advantage there. She literally had a congresswoman who tested four days ago positive for COVID. She had her 
come in and vote in person. Now, I don't care about that at all because I'm not a moron. And I know that what happened was just fine and that there's not going to be a super spreader event. But we were told around the whole uh, Amy Comey Barrett, Coney Barrett, sorry. I almost uh, put her in the Comeys. We don't put her in the Comeys just yet. We still have to see if she's a, a Comey or not. But they freaked out saying that the president had held his own super spreader event. He's so irresponsible. Nancy Pelosi was so desperate to hang on to power that she had a COVID positive person come to the vote. Real nice, Nancy. Real nice. We need to understand that all of these people are lying. They are lying about the election and they are lying about the coronavirus. Either COVID is dangerous or it isn't. It's not dangerous sometimes. Like after 10 p.m. It's not dangerous when you decide how much you need it, like Nancy Pelosi did yesterday. Or like 1,200 public health professionals did when they said that racism was a bigger public health crisis than COVID and thus gave their blessing to rioting looting, and burning down cities. Because, of course, we have a domestic terrorist organization. They're just called Black Lives Matter. So saying anything against them is thereby racist. That makes sense. And now the last thing I want to touch on is another little stunt by the military-industrial complex yesterday. This is in The Hill, but elsewhere. Ten former defense secretaries call on Pentagon to stay out of election fight. Now, that shouldn't be necessary because there is no current plan of the military being involved in elections in any way. What they're really trying to say is that the military should not stand up for Trump when they do what they're planning to do. This letter is signed by a list of military industrial complex swamp people. Mark Esper, Jim Mattis, Ashton Carter, William Cohen, Robert Gates, Chuck Hagel, Leon Panetta, William Perry, Donald Rumsfeld, and wait for it, Dick Cheney. This is the neocon military industrial swamp. Mark Esper was recently removed from his position and replaced by Christopher Miller for exactly this. They are trying to exert influence. They are trying to make legitimate Uses of the military for the defense of this nation, as Donald Trump was sworn by oath to do, to defend the Constitution. 
and ensure a Republican form of government in the states. They're trying to make that untenable. They're trying to exert pressure on certain people. Ten former defense secretaries sounds an awful lot like 50 former intelligence officials. Those geniuses, those upright citizens who, without any knowledge of the Hunter Biden laptop. Well, I should say no direct knowledge. They're no longer in government. And our actual director of national intelligence said clearly that the laptop was not Russian disinformation. These 50 former intelligence officials who, by the way, of course, knew that the laptop was real, nonetheless decided to say that they felt like it had all the markings of Russian disinformation. Because, of course, they have to couch it back so that they don't look like the blatant liars that they are. And, of course, if you say that it it feels like it has all the signs of something, then you don't actually have to prove that it is something. You can just say, well, you know, in my experience working in this field, it really feels to me like something that the Russians could have done. Well, you know what else it could feel like? Something that Hunter Biden did. In fact, it feels exactly like something Hunter Biden did because it is something Hunter Biden did. And now, of course, the news admits that. But before the election, no, we can't have a scandal like that. That would ruin everything we've lied about. And I'll just end on this. Remember, remember that what you're seeing right now is the culmination of at least four decades, perhaps longer, of scheming and control and corruption, people being compromised at the highest levels to do what they are told and to protect the power of those in power. This is a decades long project. They did not think Hillary Clinton would lose, but she did. And now Joe Biden lost and what they are doing is every single desperate thing they can to make sure that their project is not destroyed. Because Donald Trump is the destroyer of that project. The Great Reset does not happen without Donald Trump. And my friend just sent me an article from, I think, the Independent UK today about how you won't own anything by 2030. And I'm sure that there are millennials out there being like, oh, my God, yes. I watched that documentary on minimizing my life or whatever that is. They do have very minimal lives. Fucking communists. To not own anything. That's part of the Great Reset. World leaders say the Great Reset. John Kerry talks about it. Klaus Schwab talks about it. Justin Trudeau talks about it. It's not a secret. Their program ends when Donald Trump is reinaugurated. Everything else flows from that. 
I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns do not work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!